Today, uh, we continue in our series, Don't Forget This. Uh, we've been in this series this summer, but um, before we dive into today's message and to uh, the text today, uh, I-, I felt it really responsible and necessary for us to go to the Lord and to ask uh, for him to heal our nation. It, it seems that we as a, as a people uh, continue to allow our differences to divide us and um, unfortunately, we allow them to divide us in uh, irresponsible, violent uh, ways. And so this morning, I'm going to ask uh, for you to pray with me. I'm going to be praying a prayer that was written this past weekend, over the weekend, by um, a, an old friend of mine by the name of Ravi Zacharias. And uh, he's just a fantastic uh, uh, apologist, Christian apologist, and uh, really a, a man who understands um, division um, but also understands the power of God uh, to unite. And I also want to ask, uh, before we pray, and I want to invite you to be with me and some other clergy members of our clergy in our community. We're going to join together tonight at 7 p.m. out at uh, Shelter Cove Memorial Park. That's the, the war memorial area of Shelter Cove Park. Uh, and we're going to have a prayer vigil out there. And there's not a whole lot of uh, schedule to it other than we're just going to pray as a people and ask for God to uh, heal uh, the cities of uh, St. Paul, Minneapolis, and Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and of course, Dallas, Texas. So would you join me uh, tonight, if you could, uh, at 7 o'clock down at Shelter Cove uh, Memorial Park, and would you join me in a word of prayer this morning? Um, God, our Heavenly Father, um, our minds go back to the day when Jesus knelt beside his beloved city, and he wept, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace. But now it is hidden from your eyes. We sense so deeply the same reality. We weep for our cities even as we bury our dead. The sound of gunfire is the grim sound of what has already shattered our relationships. We are witness to distrust, and revenge, and anger. We see no one to lead us and guide us. To whom shall we go? Our differences seem to lead us even further apart. O Lord of miracles, do what only you can do to save us from ourselves. Give us men and women who will lead us to reconciliation. Give us leaders who will bind us up to heal our wounds, not those who will Cite us only more to hate. Give us voices that will bring hope, not despair. Comfort, O oh God, the bereaved, and give humility to the ones who are resident to your ways. Give us pause so that we might sit back for just a few moments to look to you before we look to our own impulsive solutions. We shed another's blood when we're without answers, but you shed your own blood as our only answer. We kill, buried in despair, you rise, giving us hope. You told Peter to put back his sword, and you restored the one wounded. And God, that is what we long for. A reprimand of the one who would injure, and healing within the one injured. God of miracles, do it again. We need you. Our nation needs you. Our leaders need you. Many a home today will not have a loving one returning. Without you, we have no hope. 
With you, though, all things are possible. Even for beauty to come out of ashes, we pray for the day of unarmed truth and unconditional love. Please answer our prayer. In the name of Jesus, your Son, our only Savior, we ask this. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. I, I kind of find it interesting and maybe a bit ironic that today our, our focus is on God's commands. And I wonder if we would not be mourning as a nation uh, if we really followed his commands. Commands to turn the other cheek, commands to love even though we may have differences, uh, commands to love those who are our enemies um, even though we may not want to. And I wonder what we would be doing today if we as a nation, we as a people, we as a church even, uh, really truly understood and followed the commands of our Savior. And so today, uh, we're going to be focused on don't forget the commands of God. And so if you have your Bibles, I'm going to have you turn back. We've been uh, kind of bouncing around today. We're going to bounce around again. We're going to begin in Numbers, and we're going to end up in John, if you can believe that. All the way back at the beginning of, of the Bible in the New Testament, or in the Old Testament, uh, in the book of Numbers, and we're going to end up in John. Uh, I'm glad you're here today. Welcome. Thanks for being here. Uh, my name's Todd, by the way. For those of you I don't know, I'm really glad that you're here today. And uh, thank you so much for taking time to, to be with us as we continue this series. It's interesting. Last week, we talked about freedom. And, and we talked about having freedom from sin and freedom from the law. And, and we talked about the fact that one of the commands of God is, is don't forget the freedom that we have. And there were many of you who took a moment and prayed and asked for God to remove the chains of, of slavery, of bondage, of sin, of something that keeps holding you back in your, in your spiritual journey with him. Uh, there were four people, I'm, I'm just so excited to let you know, who prayed the prayer of salvation last week and removed those chains for the very first time. And um, they are going to heaven when they die because of what they did last week and what Christ did on the cross. And that's reason for us to celebrate as a church. And so I'm very excited about that. But today we turn to don't forget the commands of God. And some of you are like, wish I'd been here last week. Freedom and liberty sounds a lot more fun than the commands of God, right? I mean, this sounds like it's going to be a boring message. Well, I hope it's not. I pray it's not. I've been praying for you because actually it's interesting. I think that sometimes when we view the commands of God, we have this kind of like uh, overwhelming like kind of uh, attitude or reaction that kind of puts us in a place of thinking, well, there's just going to be a list of do's and don'ts. And my prayer for you today is that you would see the commands of God as something that will help you in your spiritual journey that will lead you to more freedom um, and less bondage. And I believe that if we take seriously the commands of God, um, we can find that to be true. Um, this past weekend, Cynthia and I had the pleasure of uh, being with some friends up in the North Carolina mountains, and uh, just a, a fantastic story, and I'll share the whole story with you sometime. But we were, uh, we were up on a lake and uh, they rented a boat, they rented a pontoon boat uh, for the day, and uh, by the way, it was like 65 degrees in the morning, and, and we sat outside and enjoyed the cool mountain air. 
and, and I was laughing when I looked at weather.com and saw how hot it was here, okay? But I'm back, and I love it, and that's okay. But we were there, and uh, we went boating, went tubing, we had a good time. Um, I realized that 43 tubing is not nearly as fun as it was at 33 or 23, so um, you hit the water a little bit harder when you're my age. So anyway, uh, but we had a good time, and uh, we, uh, we went around this lake, and um, in the pontoon boat that they, they, uh, they rented, uh, there, was this, uh, there was this anchor, and the anchor was like, about that big around. And uh, so we decided after we were done kind of like touring around this lake and looking at some different falls and that sort of thing that we would find a little cove and we brought some lunch and so that we would drop our anchor and we would have lunch. And um, I was the guy dropping the anchor down and um, it dropped down. It was a real uh, deep, deep lake there up in the mountains, about 70, 80 feet deep. And so we dropped anchor there and I thought, how in the world is this little tiny anchor going to hold us in this little cove because it was a pretty windy day. And so um, we dropped anchor there. We had uh, lunch and, and we had a good time, but the wind was, was pretty strong. And, um, you know, it was kind of one of those things like, is this thing going to hold? You know, is it strong enough? Is it deep enough? Is it, you know, have all the right things that it's going to hold down underneath the lake there and be able to keep us steady and stable for at least a period of time where we could, could eat our lunch? Well, sure enough, it, it did. But there were a few moments um, there that we had a little bit of fear because the wind picked up. And as I pulled the anchor up, uh, you know, in, in, until the captain of our boat got it going, uh, you know, we were heading very quickly uh, for the trees that were on the other side of this little cove there. And so there was a few moments of, you know, a little bit of anxiety. And I've been on a boat all my life, and you have those moments in time. But I realized something as we were sitting there in that cove. Um, it really applies to what we're going to be talking about today and what we talked about last week. And that is, is um, when you look at a boat anchor, and by the way, this is not the one that I had last week. It was a fraction of this size, okay? This is a, uh, you know, this is a good anchor that's really made for our waters here, salt water, seawater, ocean water. And uh, Chris Sanders, thank you very much for letting me use your uh, anchor. And I'm just wondering where the boat is, but that's okay. Uh, so uh, I got thinking about the idea of an anchor. And, you know, last week we talked about the chains of bondage. And we talked about how the chains of sin and the law really keep us from growing, keep us from freedom in our spiritual lives. And I got thinking about an anchor and the chains of bondage. And I got thinking about the fact that there's really not a whole lot of difference between the two, right? There's really not a whole lot of difference between this. It's made out of chain and a heavy metal, steel in nature, and um, it's pretty strong. It's not going to break too easily. And the same thing is true with the bondage of slavery. With chains that hold a person down, that keep a person controlled, that keep them from the freedom that they once enjoyed, there's really not a whole lot of difference between an anchor and chains. They both hold something or someone to a fixed point. They're strong in nature, and they really don't let go. And we're glad for that when it's an anchor. But you know what? When it's chains, it really ties us down, doesn't it? And then I got thinking about it and um, really kind of came to the conclusion that there's really only one difference between the chains of slavery and this anchor. And that is, is who's holding it. Really, the main difference besides the fact that they serve two different purposes is the fact that some Thing or someone else is holding the chains that relate to slavery and bondage. 
It really depends on who's holding it. I want you to think about that when we talk about the commands of God this morning. Because we're going to be taking a look at something that sometimes has a tendency to overwhelm us. It sometimes has a tendency to to really feel like it locks us in. But in reality, if we are being held by the one who created those commands in the first place, it actually leads us to great freedom. Just like breaking the bondage of sin and the law leads us to freedom as well. Take a look at Numbers. I'm going to have you turn to Numbers this morning as we continue in this series. And we're going to be looking at several different passages from the Old Testament and then end up in the New Testament. I want you to take a look at what God said to Moses here in Numbers chapter 15. It says this, The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, Throughout the generations to come, you are to make tassels on the corners of your garments with a blue cord on each tassel. You will have these tassels to look at, And so you will, say that next word with me, remember. You will remember the commands of the Lord. That you may obey them and not prostitute them yourselves by chasing after the lusts of your own heart and eyes. Then you will remember, once again he says it, to obey all the commands and be consecrated. That means set apart or made holy to your God, and he ends by saying, I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord, your God. Now, there's two big, uh, big lessons or, or, or big, uh, I, I guess, uh, things, ideas that I want to point out in this passage. Um, the first and foremost is that when the nation of Israel was um, uh, far from God, when they would uh, go to a point in their nation and in their lives, both individually and corporately as a nation, where they would uh, disappoint and become unfaithful to God, God often reminded them that the way back to him and the way back to a place where they uh, come into a place of consecration or holiness to him is through obedience to him his commands. But I want you to capture this. God knew, and this is the first big idea from this passage, God knew that the natural human inclination would be to often forget the commands of God. That's our natural inclination, especially when it comes to rules. Am I right? What's one of the first things that we forget in life? Rules. What mom and dad tell us to do or not to do. It's easy for us to forget what we believe ties us down. And so the first big idea from this passage is that God knew that going in. So the whole passage begins by God telling Moses to have the Jewish people put something on their garments in the way that they would wear them in that day and age that would help remind them of the things of God. And many of you have seen um, someone who uh, maybe even in this day and age is an Orthodox Jewish person um, who actually wears things that will help them remember the commandments of God. And, and while that may be, not be like in our culture to do that today, I mean, I don't think you'd go down to the beach today with like tassels on your you know, clothes, but there are ways that you and I can remember the commands of God just as well. 
Um, a lot of you utilize some of these things, and I, I just want to point out that sometimes what we need to do is have tools, just like the nation of Israel, God's people had, that help to remind us of what he says. For instance, a lot of you might have something on your refrigerator. You know, it's a verse or a command or some reminder of who God is that help you point back to that command. That's a tassel, right? How many of you have, you know, iPhones or some kind of smartphone or device? Uh, man, there's a thousand ways we can utilize this to remember the commands of God. Those of you who use version, I use version. absolutely love. How many of you use version on a, on a regular basis? I just want to get an idea. That's fantastic. How many of you read the Bible mainly online? Raise your hand, version or some other way. Raise your hand up for a moment. Raise your hand up. Awesome. A lot of you still use the, uh, the, the written paper word of God. That's awesome. Um, there are ways for, for you to set up reminders and to set up uh, daily uh, remembrances of God's commands from his word um, just simply through your device or through technology. Some of you have in your car on the way to, uh, to work, or you know, a lot of you are on vacation here today, maybe on the way to vacation, because sometimes when you're with family on vacation, you really need to remember the commands of God, and so, or at work with coworkers you may not necessarily like. And so sometimes you have on your car a 3x5 card or 4x6 card, and you have written there some verse to help you remember the commands of God. And those are all ways that you and I can have tassels on our garments to remember God's commands because we need to be honest with ourselves and we need to face the reality that, you know what, it's difficult for us to always remember what God has said to us through his spirit or to us through his word. I'm going to get to that in a moment. But there's a second big idea, and that is, is that there's a change in motive when you and I remember the commands of God. In, in this passage, essentially what Moses communicates to the people through God, and especially in, uh, in verse 39, he says, you will have these tassels to look at, and so you will remember all the commands of the Lord that you may obey them and not prostitute yourselves by chasing after the lust of the heart and of the eyes. And essentially what God is saying in that passage, what Moses is communicating to the nation of Israel, and I believe what God's communicating to us right here today, is the fact that like, if you and I are truly following the commands of God, that's when we truly become God followers. If we're following any other way, then we're not really God followers. We can call ourselves God followers, but we're really not. You see, whoever you fall in submission or obedience to, whoever I fall in obedience or submission to, that is who we're following. Am I right? So if it's the world, if it's students, our friends, it's the things that like, we want to do ourselves, if we're following that thing, then we are following someone or something else other than God himself. And so I believe that you and I need to have a way to remember the commands of God. We need to have a tool that will help us to remind ourselves, remind our hearts, remind our minds of the things of God so that we can live by them because we have to admit one of the hardest things for us as humans to remember, the easiest thing for us to forget, are rules. We view them as do's and don'ts, and we view them as oppressive. And in reality, we're going to find out that they're really there for our good. I love this. Deuteronomy 12, 28, uh, and Leviticus also kind of 
echo this same idea. Deuteronomy 12, 28, we're still in the same pass or in the same part of the Bible, the law, the Torah, the, the first five books of, of the Bible. And, and Deuteronomy says the same thing in 12, 28. Um, God says, be careful, be careful to obey all these words that I command you that it may go well with you. I'm going to come back to that theme in a moment, that it may go well with you and your children after you forever. When you do what is good and right in the sight of the Lord your God. And then we see in Leviticus the same theme, the same theme mentioned um, in Leviticus 22:31. So you shall keep my commandments and do them. I am the Lord. And so we see this idea in that passage there in Deuteronomy 12, 28, and he says, you should obey them so that it may go well with you. Now, here's how our natural minds, here's how our human minds, here's how our psyche just works, like just naturally, our inclination is to go, okay, if I obey all of God's commands, then I will have a perfect life. Is that what it says? Is that what it says? It doesn't say we'll have a perfect life. What does it say in Deuteronomy 12, 28? That it may what? Go well with you. That it may go well with you. You know, some of you who are, are, have been a Christ follower for a long time, you may get to a point in your life, because I've experienced this uh, with, with some friends that, that I've had, where um, you, you may be a person who really um, is diligent in following God's commands, and you do everything that's right, and you follow it to a T, and you get to a point in your life where things are, are you know, discouraging, and life is going awry, and maybe you're a victim of, of some sort of something, whatever that thing is, and you may shake your fist at God and say, I did everything that you told me, and my life is still ending up like someone else. God doesn't promise that you're going to be protected from everything in life. What does he say? Follow my commands so that it may go well with you. And I believe what God is saying to the, the people then and saying to us now is that if you follow his command, you will be anchored to the one who will help you through the difficult circumstances of life. See, I don't believe that God necessarily will remove us or pull us out of the difficult circumstances of life. Sometimes he does. Sometimes he does, and that's his will. But sometimes he wants us to go through those circumstances to see where our level of faith in him is. And those commands are the things that will anchor us in the time of need. You know, not only does God tell the nation of Israel and tell us, but he tells one of the most important leaders in the Old Testament essentially the same thing. Check this out. In, um, uh, we're looking in Joshua uh, chapter 1. Moses has, has just died. The leader of the, the Jewish people has just died. And the one that's taking over is this young man by the name of Joshua. And God gives him some very clear instructions. And one day we're going to do a whole sermon series on just this one chapter. It's fantastic. Joshua chapter 1. I absolutely love this. But take a look at this. Joshua chapter 1. This is God speaking to Joshua, this new leader. He says, be strong and courageous. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. He repeats it in verse 7. He says, only be strong and courageous. Being careful, he says, to do according to all the what? All the what? 
law of Moses. Be careful to do all according to the law of Moses that, uh, that my, uh, Moses, my servant, commanded you. He says, do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. There's the remembrance again. Meditating on the word of God day and night so that we, that you and I, And Joshua can remember, remember the commands of God. He goes on to say, For then you will make your ways prosperous, and then you will have good success. He says, Have I not commanded be strong and courageous? And then he says this, Do not be, what's that next word? Say it loud and strong with me. Do not be frightened. Do not be frightened. Joshua, God says, Don't be afraid. Now, I want you to see something here. God ties following his commands with fear being removed, right? He's saying, Joshua, if you follow my commands, it will lead to prosperity. Follow my commands. Don't turn from it to the left or to the right. And he says, in doing so, you will not be frightened. We see this theme over and over again in the Old Testament and the New that um, when sincere, I want you to hear this, when sincere God followers are, are not following the commands of God, it will lead to fear. It causes us, if we're sincere about following God, but not sincere about following his command, at some point in time in the cycle, whether you're in the middle of that cycle or whether you're at the end of it, all of a sudden, we are afraid. I don't know about you, but um, there have been times in my life when I have not followed the commands of God, and I've made a pretty big mess of things. You don't have to raise your hand, but are you with me? I mean, that's what happens, right? Like if we become God followers, if we become Jesus followers, and then we say that we're following him, but we don't follow his commands, all of a sudden we wake up one day and we've made a mess of our lives. And I don't know about you, but the first emotion that I have when I see the mess I've made is what? It's fear. It is for me. It's fear. It's fear. I want you to take it. Uh, take a look at John, chapter uh, fourteen. Uh, I love John chapter fourteen and fifteen. It's just so rich. Um, but John um, records the words of Jesus here in fifteen and sixteen, and then we're going to skip down to twenty-five. He says this: "If you love me, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples and speaking to us today too. If you love me, you will keep my commandments." There, there it is, right there. It's not just an Old Testament principle. Jesus brings that into the New Testament. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another, what's that next word? Helper. He will give you another helper to be with you forever. You see, Jesus was about ready to leave his disciples. He was about ready to go to the cross and die for your sins and for mine, to give us eternity in heaven if we put our faith and our trust in him. But he knew, he knew that his followers would be afraid of situations that arose if they didn't follow him. So he sent a, say it with me again, helper, helper. 
You see, sometimes that's the Holy Spirit. God sent the Holy Spirit after Jesus to indwell um, the lives of the, of the believers. And, and if you're a Christ follower here today, at that moment that you became saved, you were filled with God's Holy Spirit. And that Jesus says that he's a helper. And sometimes we think that um, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, whatever you may call the Spirit of God, we may think that he's a helper. Like he's going to help me get out of that situation. He's going to help me um, like pass this exam. Um, or perhaps maybe even get an A, an a on the exam, or he's going to help me get out of this financial mess that I've made for me and my family. Been there, okay? And we think that he's going to help us get through a sticky job situation at work or legal trouble that you may, may be faced with or a health issue that you may be faced with. And, and we kind of think that, like, you know, the Holy Spirit is there for us just, you know, to, to count on and to pull us out and to help us but what does Jesus tie the helper to? Following his commands. See, I, I have no power in myself. I, want you, I don't want you to miss this. I have no power in myself to follow God's commands and the leading of God's Holy Spirit if I don't have a helper. If I don't have someone to help me, you see, you see all through that God is just not arbitrarily saying, you got to do this list of do's and don'ts. All along, he understands that you and I need help in following his commands. So much so that when he left the earth, when he died on that cross, he sent the Holy Spirit for you and I to follow so that we could have help in following his commands. John goes on in verse 25, he says, These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, while I'm still with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will, what's that next word? Say it, say it with me. He will teach you. He will teach you all things and bring to remembrance, oh, thank goodness for that, all that I have said to you, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be. What's that next word he says? Afraid. You see, once again, he ties not following his commands to fear. Listen, listen, I want you to hear this. If you and I stray from following God's commands, if you and I don't understand his commands, if we just give up and we begin following our own flesh or following what the world says or our friends say or entertainment or, or whatever, the internet, um, if we follow that and we're not following his commands, it will lead to fear if you're a sincere God follower. It'll lead to a point of fear. Now, I, I, I want to just mention how we find the commands of God. Because I know that there are some of you that are going, Todd, I get all of that. That makes sense to me. I understand it. But where in the world do I find this list of God's commands? And today as you leave, we're going to give you a three-ring binder, and it has all of them in there. <laughs> some of you are like, oh, really? No, I'm not totally kidding. I'm totally being sarcastic. You know, if, if you and I tried to follow the commands of God perfectly, every single one of them, we'd fail every time, wouldn't we? And that's, number one, why we have Jesus to save us, to cover up the gap. But it's also why we have the helper, the Holy Spirit. And here's my challenge to you today. It's also why we have the Word of God. 
Here's my challenge to you today, is that if you and I are serious about being a God follower, um, we're not going to forget the commands of God, but we need a lot of help along the way. And God's given us two major things to help us. Number one is his word. It's his word. If you spend time soaking in, absorbing, studying, reading, meditating on the Word of God, whether it's on a smartphone or a pad or, or you've got an old Bible there from 1973, the year I was born. It, you know, it doesn't matter what the, the, um, the, what the avenue is. What matters is, is that you and I, if we're sincere God followers, are spending time in His Word. Because it, the Bible says, Psalm says, um, that it is a lamp to our feet and a light to our that's the, that's the one way that we are going to know and understand and be able to follow the commands of God and not forget them. But the second way, the second major way, is, is that we are in submission to the Spirit of God. If you're in here today and, and you ask Jesus to be your Savior, um, you have the Holy Spirit living within you and beyond helping you, He counsels, He um, provides you with knowledge and understanding of God's word and can give you wisdom. He also uh, convicts you. Sometimes we may call that guilt, but it's really conviction of the Holy Spirit um, when we do something wrong, when we sin. But one of the great things that the Holy Spirit does for each one of you who have accepted Christ as your Savior um, is he helps you to understand the commands of God. And there may be something today that you know that God keeps whispering to you and you keep going, no, 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 no. I, I'm not, I, I can't do that. Some of you are thinking of it right now. Like there's something that God's just been touching you and touching you and touching you and calling you and calling you and calling you to do or to not do. And you know that's the Holy Spirit leading you. And you've said, no, 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 no. I cannot do that. I cannot do that. Listen, he's the helper. He's the helper. He can give you the courage to overcome the fear that you have about doing that thing or not doing that thing. He can help guide you and understand from God's word where that's coming from. He can help you understand it. You see, in the Old Testament, they had the law. When Jesus was here on earth, they had Jesus himself. But you and I, today, we have the word of God and we have the Holy Spirit to help guide us so that we don't forget the commands of God. We may want a list, but you don't want a list. You want the Spirit of God to work on your heart. And you want the Word of God to pierce your mind. And if you and I are serious about remembering the commands of God, we're going to spend time with Him in His Word and asking for His Spirit to lead us. God doesn't give us commands because he, He's a control freak. He um, decided to give us free will all the way back in the beginning, didn't he? He didn't do it so that he would look good. In fact, um, it really doesn't bring him any joy or pleasure having the commands. Uh, he didn't do it because uh, he, he just doesn't like humanity. That's shown in the very fact that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross when we forget his commands. And you could live your whole life, if you're a Christian, never following one more command of God. And if you're a Christ follower, you're going to heaven because of what Christ did on the cross. 
So he didn't give us our com the commands because he's a control freak or because he wants to look good himself or just because he arbitrarily doesn't like humanity. I want you to hear this if you haven't heard anything else. God's commands were given to you and to me because he has our best in mind. He has our best in mind. I would love for my 12-year-old and 9-year-old to follow every single instruction that I give them because I know best for them, right? I do. I know what's best for my kids. Now, look, I'm flawed, so at some point in time, my best ends. I admit that. Don't tell them that, by the way, okay? And at some point in time, they're flawed, so they're not going to follow what I say. But you know, we have a God that is perfect in every way. So my question to you today is, um, what is your anchor tied to? Who is your anchor tied to? Is it tied to the law? Is it tied to sin or a lifestyle? Or is it tied to just being so frustrated in your spiritual life because there's that thing that you know God's been asking you to do or to stop doing for a long time? Listen, it's not a list of do's and don'ts. It's not a bunch of rules. This will anchor you because an anchor is really best used when there's, when there's wind, right? Without wind, without a storm, an anchor is not really necessary. But God knows that you and I are going to face storms in our life, and he has our best in mind. That's why we're not supposed to forget his commands. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for your rules. God, as much as we don't maybe even like saying that out loud, <laughs> um, God, we thank you that you have our best in mind. When you gave us your commands, whether it's the Ten Commandments, whether it's the things that are written in your word, in the Old Testament and the New Testament. God whether, God, whether it was you saying the words when you were here on earth, those red letters that we read in your word that are so important. Or God, whether it's now in this day and age, after you've died and gone to be with God in heaven, um, and now the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us. God, we thank you that... Um, even with your commands, you had our best in mind. And God, right now, I just pray that you would help each one of us who are here today, myself included, um, to ask that tough question, who am I anchored to? What am I anchored to? And God, I pray that you would help each one of us who are here, who are already God followers, who are already following you, who are already following you, Jesus, to be anchored to you to be anchored to your Holy Spirit who leads us and guides us and anchored to your word. God, may we wake up every morning with a passion to spend time with you and to spend time in your word so that we don't forget those important things that you're telling us. And God, help us to understand that it's not arbitrary. It's not punitive in nature. It's not meant to harm us. In fact, you had our best in mind um, with every single command that you give us, whether it's through your word or through your Holy Spirit or the words of Jesus while I was here on earth. And God, I pray that you would help each one of us to have the courage, God, to, 
have the perseverance to, to follow you and to not forget that you have our best in mind in every single one of those things that you want us to do. God, help us to be anchored to you and to your commands during the storms of life so that when they come up, God, we know that you're never going to let us go. Thank you so much for those gifts. In Jesus' name I pray.